Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Fans, welcome to Morning Footy presented by Ford. We are closing out another week. I'm Susanna Collins. That's Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, Jenny Chu with some headlines today. And guys, uh, let's get into uh, the big game of the weekend, shall we? Because we have the U.S. men's national team facing off against Uzbekistan in a friendly this Saturday at City Park in St. Louis. This is going to be the first time that Greg Berhalter will be back on the touchline. Yep. Last time we saw him was in the World Cup. Had a little... Pause, a little timeout that we'll call it, but he will return. And so this is, you know, this is kind of his second go around. So, Charlie, for you, what what are you expecting? I think there's there's two conversations here that we want to have. What do we expect to see and what do we want to see? So let, mm-hmm. let's start with what we are expecting from this Greg Berhalter side in this friendly. I would expect for the U.S. men's national team to pick up where they left off from the Nations League final after they dominated Canada. So they beat Mexico, Trace Zero, they dominated Canada. So now the evolution continues. And I know Gio is not a part of this squad, so that number 10 is gonna be vital to be someone who could support the front three and Christian Pulisic, Timothy Weah, and, and Falarin Balligan. So I would expect to see Malik Tillman take over that role and see what hmm. he can do as, as an attacking midfielder with Eunice Musa and and Weston McKinney, considering that Tyler Adams is still out. So same, same back four, the three in the midfield, two kind of protecting the back four. And I think what, what I love about the, the midfield is it's so interchangeable. They can move, they can adjust. 100%. It's fluid. Um, and McKinney and Musa worked really well together. And then Tillman is, is going to be more advanced. And we saw a little bit of what he could do with Rangers last season, playing on the wing, playing as an attacking central midfielder. He, he's got the skill set. Now now he has to bring it to the senior team. We haven't yet seen that. And I think playing in the Scottish League helped him develop physically because that's what he was missing, that, that, that brute force that is needed sometimes playing in the international game when things aren't smooth and fluid because it is more of a grind mm-hmm. when you're playing with the first team. So uh, I, I expect to see him. And then Robin, Anthony Robinson and Dest on, on the, the outside because they were phenomenal in the Nations League. And then this is going to be interesting. Tim Ream, and I think he's going to partner with Chris Richards because of the center backs that stood out, 
Yes, Miles Robinson and, Tim, and Chris Richards mm. worked well in that first game, but Chris Richards was supreme yeah. and, in both games. And Chris both Richards, games. who hasn't played a single minute for Crystal Palace this season, so it's good for him to start getting minutes. I don't think anybody here or anybody going to the game can call themselves experts on Uzbekistani football, but what we imagine that they're not going to be on the front You're foot. You're not a, an expert, Nico? No, I wish. Stop I know it. the one player. Says it on your LinkedIn. Yeah. No, but uh, uh, I mean, look, they play compact. They try to hit you on the counter. We, we imagine that's what's going to happen. For the U.S., the responsibility is going to be on them and sometimes breaking down an opponent that might sit in a lower block or at least a, a tighter block. You need to bring that level of dynamism needs to be high. The ball movement, the fluidity, it needs to be fast in order to unsettle uh, Pick out a pocket, draw somebody out of a, of a, of a zone, and, and and pop somebody into that spot to create opportunity. Um, but also the, defending, the, the, defending, uh, defending corners and crosses is going to be huge. For sure. Um, the majority of their goals have come from crosses coming in from the left side, Uzbekistan in particular. Um, Eldor uh, Shamudarov, uh -huh. I hope I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. Uh, player at Roma, he's on loan right now at Cagliari. Hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, you can see, look, they call him the Uzbeki Messi. A lot of people get called the wherever you're from Messi, but the kid's got some skill for sure. Um, the majority of the goals that he's, uh, he scored, what, 37 goals in 66 international appearances. So he's got the goods. Again, it's going to either come from springing him on a counter or it's going to come That's from the left winger. The left winger coming in and crossing, maybe uh, a, you know, sort of crossing it back along the ground or sending it in the air, and then that's where you're going to need Tim Ream playing in his hometown of St. Louis, finally getting to play in the stadium, and you know Chris Richards to be good in the air because that's really going to be the only opportunity I think that Uzbekistan is going to have to score against the U.S. Mm -hmm. For for me, it's going to be can the U.S. break down this low block? And, and playing in a friendly like this. I just go back to times where you're on a pitch and you're more, you're expected to win, you're expected to be more dominant. All that's good and, 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 and fine until you, the whistle blows. You have to play with this intensity and you talked about moving the ball. It's gotta be quick, quick. and sharp. That's what, that's what we're expecting and hoping to see from this U.S. Men's National Team with Greg on the sideline is everything's quick and sharp and with a purpose. And the fans in St. Louis aren't used to boring games. St. Louis City plays a very high-octane way <laughs> style of play. So if it's going to be slow and methodical and, and maybe not adventurous or brave, the fans are going to get probably Berhold, good. Berhold is super quick. big on his patterns of play and, and the speed in those patterns of play with either wingbacks getting high, overlapping runs, finding channels inside, outside. There's so much variety that this team, at least the 11 that you were talking about, can bring to the table. Uh, not only variety tactically, offensively, but in formation as well. You could switch to three in the back, and it's going to be interesting to see. There's so many question marks of what this U.S. team can look like mm -hmm. tomorrow, and whatever team puts out there can be probably the most competitive. Intense press at home. Yeah. Just high, high level, high energy. Keep, keep it at. I'm excited that. too because I think we've seen the crowds at St. Louis and the atmosphere at at City that's Park. Contagious. So it is. It really is. So I feel like that's going to give them a, a little extra boost, especially yeah. for a guy like Tim Ream coming home and playing there for the first time, which is pretty cool. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Jenny Chu will be back with some headlines when we come back. Don't go anywhere. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. 
I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, guys, for the headlines, the Saudi Pro League transfer window has closed and the league's record-setting spending spree failed to land its final major target. Al-Etihad's record $270 million bid for Mo Salah was rejected. Liverpool turned down the big-money approach after weeks of speculation surrounding the Egyptian superstar, with Jurgen Klopp staying consistent in saying Salah wasn't for sale. The Saudi Pro League spent almost $1 billion this transfer window, only second to the Premier League's $1.4 billion. In other English Premier League-related news, Manchester United's newest signing is battling an injury before even featuring for the club. Sofiane Amrabat has been replaced from Morocco's roster due to an undisclosed injury he picked up prior to arriving for international duty. Amrabat joined Man U just before the close of the transfer window on loan from Fiorentina. Manchester United's medical staff had found Amrabat had a, quote, minor back injury prior to his move. In international news, Olivier Giroud left the French national team's Euro qualifier against Ireland with an ankle injury. But he reassured worried AC Milan fans after the match, saying that the injury isn't serious. Giroud left France's 2-0 win over Ireland in the 26th minute, but said in his post-match interviews that he wasn't too concerned about the injury. The veteran striker is off to a red-hot start to the Serie A season with four goals in three matches for the Rossoneri, who are set to face Inter in the Milan derby after the international break. In more French soccer news, Thierry Henry's tenure as France's under-21 coach began with a resounding 4-1 victory over Denmark yesterday. Lons Elier Wally scored twice for the under-21 side that will make up the French Olympic team at the 2024 Paris Games. It was the first time Henry was on the sideline as a coach since he was the assistant with Belgium in the 2022 World Cup. In South America, Messi magic struck again in Argentina's 1-0 win over Ecuador. The seven-time Ballon d'Or winner scored a stunning free-kick winner, his sixth goal for Argentina in just four games in 2023. But he also came off in the 89th minute of the match. Argentina's manager Lionel Scaloni spoke after the match about Messi coming off. No, no sé, no sé qué, qué tiene, sinceramente. No sé, no sé qué tiene, pidió el cambio porque, porque sentía ahí algo y, y ya veremos, mañana le harán estudio y si está bien viene y, y jugará y si no está bien eh, ya veremos qué, qué hacemos. En principio eh, pidió el cambio porque, porque tenía algo eh, y ya, ya veremos, hoy es todo muy, muy, muy reciente, esperemos mañana. Messi did tell reporters after the game that he was just tired. Nico, I know that you're watching Inter Miami now with the U.S. Open coming up. Are you worried that he doesn't uh, that he didn't finish that game off? Not really. I think it's precautionary from Messi himself, and then from the staff. Like Scaloni said, he'll be doing some studies to see if he's okay to play against Bolivia. The thing is that consider where you're playing next. It's in the altitude of. Bolivia, which there's a whole bunch of characteristics mm -hmm. of altitude that you have to fight against as f physically. As, the as, lack as, of oxygen as being athlete. the worst. Yeah, yeah. so um, I don't think he's going to start. I think if you can limit Messi's playing time in the altitude in La Paz, it's, that's he where... Doesn't need, he doesn't need to play. He doesn't yeah, if he doesn't need, yeah, limit as much as you can. If he doesn't need to play, he doesn't need to play. If Argentina can get it done without Messi, it's much better. What do you think? How do you think Tata is reacting when he's watching these Argentina matches? Is he how do you just think like Tim Cook is reacting when he's watching? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I wouldn't go as far to say that Tata's telling Scaloni what to do, but I imagine some. There's probably. 
definitely there's some text messages going there's on. conversations that are that are being had. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's just because it's delicate. The altitude in Bolivia is no joke at all. It is their fortress because of the altitude. They played better there. Yeah, it's uh, it's very tricky. Argentina lost. 6-1 to Bolivia once when Maradona was the manager of the national team. It is very difficult. The conditions are inhumane almost. Yee. So, Charlie, do you think that this is maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise for Inter-Miami if he doesn't play the next match? Uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> think think about the travel. He goes from Miami to L.A. Back to Miami to yeah. Argentina. Considering all the amount of matches he's played with Inter-Miami and how much they've, they've needed him and to rely on him in his presence. And then Argentina a, to Bolivia. And then there's probably no direct flight. He's probably going to have to charter from Bolivia to Miami. Crazy. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just goes back to Miami. Go sit at the pool for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Go rest. Go rest. You better get that, get that PJ that they're flying in at Al Nassar or Al Itahad. It has like the massage beds in it. Get that PJ. I know. Take care of Messi at all costs. Um, let's see what the studies say today. Yeah, we will see. Um, we're going we're gonna to continue our chat on Messi Hi. and enter Miami after a break because they have a match against Sporting Kansas City this weekend, and we're going to dive in. Stick with us. We'll be right back. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back to Morning Footy presented by Ford. Well, there's no international break for MLS. Here's a look at the weekend fixtures we have to look forward to. Uh, tomorrow night, Inter-Miami taking on Sporting Kansas City at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We also have D.C. hosting the San Jose Earthquakes. Minnesota United facing the New England Revolution and Portland Timbers facing off against LAFC. And then on Sunday, we've got the L.A. Galaxy hosting St. Louis City at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can watch all of those matches on Apple TV+. All right. Right, guys, let's chat. Inter Miami hosting Sporting Kansas City. We've spoken about Sporting Kansas City a bit this week and how they are one of these teams in the West that's trying to make this late season playoff push despite um, a really terrible start to the season. But they've been playing really, really well. They have 11 points in their last six games. They're coming off a big 2-1 win over their big rival in St. Louis. And we know that Inter-Miami are going to be without a significant amount of players due to international Duty. Nine, to be exact. Nine players, yep. including one Leo Messi. So, how do we feel about this being a, a sort of maybe a bump in the road for Miami in their quest to, to make the playoffs? What do you think, Nico? This falls on Tata Martino uh, to see how life without Messi can work or cannot work. Mm -hmm. Challenges, and he's going to have to figure out how to get over that bump in the road, Messi's not going to be there always. He's going to either have to rest or he might not be there because of some other reason. Uh, he's got to figure out how to make this team play. And you've seen much more of an identity that Tata Martino has given the side. And, I mean, if you look at a potential 11, it still looks like a competitive team. There's a couple of question marks. It's just because when you're missing nine players, it's significant. I think between Chuck and I, we tried to throw out the best 11, I don't necessarily agree that 
three men in the back is the way to go when you're missing so many players, mm -hmm. when it requires a little bit more of a complex system. I mean, Chuck, you can speak more to that. Um, but he's got options, but not too many. He can't be as flexible as, as he would like. Uh, this, to me, is a more defensive lineup. Mm. And, and without Messi, this makes sense. They actually played this lineup at LAFC where they won 3-1. Mm -hmm. So if you're Tata Martino, it seems to me he likes the back three system. And Noah Allen is the wild card because we saw in the U.S. Open Cup he came in for Tomas Aviles in the back line as a center back right. and was phenomenal. He's he, he can play other positions. He can play, he can play left back, yeah. which typically I think is, is his position, but he's very flexible in the way that he plays, and I think Tata likes what he sees in him yeah. because you could see when he puts him in, there's some life. He's got a lot of pace for, for a smaller player, a young player, but I think his upside is, is big. So I expect to see Kamal Miller, Avilas, and, and Allen in the back three because Jordi Alba and Busquets are still there. That's, mm -hmm. that's a huge part of this. Both of them are still in the team. Yes, yeah. you don't have Lionel Messi, but you have those two to help conduct and or organize the team. This is where you need players to step up. And, and Leo Campana is one of those players that needs to step up. And your you're, you're big signing in Facundo Farias. Farias. I think Farias is the key to all of this because we've seen how low he can drop and how dynamic he can be on his combination, how he... Once he recovers the ball, he looks for that pass and he goes. It's a spark. And, and he tries to offer a lot of offensive volume once he recovers. Um, and and he's, he was really good last game. I really liked uh, Facundo Farias. He was very sneaky, very witty. Uh, and Wily almost. He scored yeah, from he, his behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he scored while falling on the ground, which is, you know, he has that sort of gusto of wanting to score at any given opportunity. He's going to keep uh, your goalkeeper on, you know, on, his, on the front of his foot, not on his heels. And I'm looking at DeAndre Yedlin maybe possibly helping open it up. If there's going to be any chance for an overload on that side, it's going to be from DeAndre Yedlin getting forward. And to me, that's where that area where Facundo Farias, DeAndre Yedlin, opening it up possibly for Leo Campana to score. So, I, I, and a lot of the creativity, who's going to be the creative spark? Because if it's Dixon Arroyo, Busquets, Jan Mota, if Jan Mota starts, Jan Mota hasn't been making the team sheet. I, I understand that he started against FC Cincinnati in US Open Cup, but he hasn't even been making the team sheet for Inter Miami. He didn't play well. Against and, and Victor, Victor Loa, who has come in, has not played well. Also, at so all. Well, has he played well, but he can do the job. He's not a creative player. No, he's a defensive a midfielder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, he can do the job in the midfield if needed. But you have Dixon Arroyo and then Busquets. So when you looked at Victor Uloa, that doesn't fit in that midfield. It, it doesn't give you something else. How, little... how concerned should Miami be also that Drake Callender is unavailable? Because he has gotten the call up to the U.S. men's national team, so they've had, <laughs> and he's been sensational for them. Yeah, it's a, it's a big miss. And then you look at what he's been able to do in those moments where a, a save is, is a big-time big save. stopper. Yeah. Great, great presence. And then just he's been consistent. So see, <laughs> Dos Santos, CJ Dos Santos, you don't – we don't know. We don't know. That's the thing. We're gonna get I don't know how worried. Out. I don't know how worried we have to be because we don't know what CJ Dos Santos can bring, and he's gonna have some moments where he's gonna have to pull up a big save against Alan Pulido. Alan Pulido has been scoring a ton of goals lately. Um, how? How? If you're Inter Miami, what's your? How do you contain that? Service. Yeah. Don't don't allow him to get the receive the ball to his feet in the attacking third because that's where Alan Pulido 
has been so dangerous is he, he loves to pull off the center back off his back shoulder. He can, he can pull out to the top of the 18. He's got a great finish, but he can go right or left. Uh, and when he gets service from two wingers who are, are pretty dynamic, when you have Shalouis uh, running at you and Johnny Russell. Russell. Who, who's coming off of the left? Johnny Russell or is that no, Shalouis? No, on the left. So if, if I'm Peter Vermees, and I see the game that Inter Miami played against LAFC, and, and I look at Toto Aviles, Tomas Aviles, mm -hmm. the center back that they brought from Racing. Boanga had so many opportunities. He missed them, but he had so many opportunities because Toto Aviles was l late in anticipation. Mm -hmm. Then he was slow in recovery, and he hasn't been it's, convincing enough. It's and, Denny Boanga. Right, but, but Shalui, sh and if I'm Peter Ramis again, I understand it's Denny Boanga. I'm attacking the area behind Yedlin and around Tomas Aviles. That's your opening. What are you going to go through? Kamal Miller, who's been killing it? I understand Denny Boanga is one of the best in the league, for sure. But if you're looking for an opening, if you're looking for a weakness, Denny Boanga exposed that weakness with one, two passes on the inside to free himself up. And had he scored, it would have been a different type of game that we would have been talking about at the weekend against LAFC. It's a, definitely, a very different forward group for LAFC than it is for Sporting Kids. For sure. So. I do feel like that this could be a trap game for, for Inter-Miami because I think a lot of people just look at this matchup on paper and say... Oh, it, this I, is I, a, a very different Inter-Miami yeah. and a fairly informed SKC. Yeah. This but, is, but this is the thing. I don't think it's a trap game because they don't have Messi. So all these players know... They have to step up and raise their game because when Messi does come back, okay. they want to be on the pitch. So who, who wins this, Charlie? How can we bet against Inter Miami and Tata really? at this point? I, in my but I, I, a, I see I, this being a draw. I see this okay. being a draw. I can see fair. it being a draw. I can see it being 1-1. I have a weird feeling that SKC are going to win this game because they are the team that seemed least likely to be the ones to finally take down Inter Miami. And I don't want – I'm listen, I love, I love the Miami train. I've been riding it, but – I, I just... I, even if they do, it comes with an asterisk. Messi's That's there, true. So. Good point. Good I mean, point. not really because they want to make playoffs. If they lose... No, I'm saying oh, the oh, stopping the yeah, Messi train. Yeah. Oh, uh, the stopping the Miami train. Yeah. This isn't really the right. same Miami train. Uh. You're playing at home. <laughs> now, they didn't have Messi from the start against New York Red Bulls in New York. And they would have won the game 1-0. Yeah. So, I mean... Because they're at home Miami and it's Tata Martino... I, I don't know how you can bet against them with Busquets and Alba still there. Facundo Farias scores the 1-0. There Miami we go. Wins. All right. You heard it here. Uh, really tomorrow night, 7.30 Inter Miami and Sporting Kansas City on Apple TV+. Plus. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to catch up with Yunus Musa ahead of the U.S. friendly against Uzbekistan after a quick timeout. Don't go anywhere. back to morning footy on this footy kit Friday with the U.S. playing Uzbekistan tomorrow. It's time to bring in Yunus Musa of the men's national team. Yunus, thanks so much for taking the time. Hey, listen, it's footy kit Friday here on, on morning footy. If you had to wear a kit from your collection, I know you've got some, some cool kits with you. Which one would you wear for footy kit Friday? Um, I've got some cool kits. That I've just just cool kids that have swapped play, uh, jerseys, with, you know, like uh, with players. So I think I'd wear probably the best one would be um, Casemiro. I'd wear a Casemiro shirt from Real Madrid. Wow, Ooh. cold. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. fire. Wow. That's fire. 
Hey, listen, uh, game tomorrow, uh, big one. Now, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit strange, though, because there's no qualifying, right? So what, uh, what are the goals in these games, especially against lower-caliber opponents like Uzbekistan? Yeah, so um, obviously the World Cup 26, uh, we're trying to prepare for that. So um, there's possibly going to be opposition, opposition like them at the World Cup. So we're just trying to prepare to be able to uh, play against every type of team and, you know, to give, give us the best possible chance to do well at the World Cup, basically. So we need to prepare for that now. Eunice. You're back with Greg Berhalter. What is that like? What is, how has that relationship kind of left off from the last time to now? Where, where have you guys picked up? And how, are you, how is he trying to push you to continue to evolve? Yeah, so it's kind of nice that like the last, um, the last time we were with Greg was at, at such a big moment, like the World Cup. So for him to be back now, um, you know, we have good, uh, good moments together and everything. And uh, yeah, it's, it's about, you know, it's about the group. As we said, it's not about like just an individual person. We we carried on uh, after the World Cup, doing great, won the Nations League, and, you know, gone on to do that. And now Greg's back, and he's just uh, carried on from where we left off. So now we're really happy about it. Um, you know, he's uh, he's the manager that gave me my opportunity, uh, my baby, everything. So I've got a great relationship with Greg. Hi, right, Eunice, you made the big man move. All right, you over at Milan, okay? Uh, you're playing with another American in Christian Pulisic. You, whoa, you go from just playing with him on the international level to now you're with him all the time. You're playing on the club yeah. team as well. Give me one thing that you've learned about Christian Pulisic playing with him that you didn't know when you just played international. Um, uh, let me see. I don't know. Seeing him play at club level is impressive in me, impressing me even more. Like seeing him play against um, top players week in, week out, and like you know, maintaining his standards every week. And, you know, you've seen what he's been doing. Like, it's so impressive to see. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's our guy, man. So I'm really, I'm really happy to be with him every, every day. And, uh, yeah, I'm just happy about it, man. Have you, have you been able to teach him a little bit of Italian? Help, help, him, <laughs> help him adjust? Yeah, like, sometimes when uh, we're having food in the meal room, we, have, we order our food to the chefs, you know, so I help him out with the with the selection of the foods and stuff. So um, he's picking up slowly, slowly. So yeah, he's trying to, he's keen to learn as well. So he will learn, he will learn soon. Do you well, tell him not to put ketchup on the pasta? Be like, yo, don't, <laughs> don't be going Hershey, Pennsylvania on me now. Uh, he's, not, he's not wild like that. He's not wild like that. Christian's classy, so nice. he doesn't do that. Eunice, I want to talk to you about your one amazing run in your first appearance for Milan. You pick up yeah. the ball just about around the 25-yard mark from your own goal, and then you make an, a dazzling run all the way to about the penalty spot, and you, and you lay it off to, to Christian Pulisic. I still think you could have taken it all the way, but it, it's a yeah, nice yeah. pass. Can you, can you talk about that play in particular? Yeah, so um, the San Siro debut, the stadium's like, the stadium's buzzing, man. Like, I've never been to a stadium like that. It's amazing. And uh, coming on, it was a bit nerve-wracking, you know. So um, after a few minutes, I managed to find some spaces. And once once I got the ball and turned, like I just I just thought about like showing my qualities a bit, you know, to the fans and everyone. And um, this is something I love doing, running with the ball forwards. Um, after watching the game, I analyzed it and I saw oh, that I could have maybe right kept there. on going, kept, kept on going. going. With the ball, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, but I chose to do the safer option and just keep the ball. So. The next time I'll keep going. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Hey, you look happy where you're at uh, in a place where Milan has really bolstered down and 
reinforced their squad to the max. There's a lot of competition inter-squad, right? In that midfield yeah. especially, Loftus-Cheek, Reinders, Krunic, you, Benaceres coming back from injury. What's it been like in training to try to break into a starting eleven? Yeah, no, no, it's been great because, uh, as he said, um, there's so many great players in that team. The competition's high. So for me as a player, I feel like this is a great opportunity for me to really improve, you know, and test myself. Because if I'm training against these guys every week, trying to take their spot, um, you know, it's uh, it's about grind. It's about, you know, every week giving my maximum. And when you give your max, uh, the ultimate thing is that you keep improving. So I'm just going to keep working hard. And then, um, you know, when the opportunity comes, I'm going to try my best to seize it. And um, play at this level, you know, for as long as possible, playing in the Liga, starting starting in the Champions League. Uh, that, that's what I'd love. One of the things, I, I mean, we see you working hard on the pitch. We see you working hard in training. One of the things I don't think the fans get to see you working so hard at is the recruiter that you are for the men's national team, okay? Uh, we heard, obviously, <laughs> you got recruited. You went from being recruited to being the recruiter. We've heard from Fuller and Balligan about how essential you were to that. I was doing some research. Uh, Alex Mighton, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, homie of yours yeah. growing up, plays for uh, Nottingham Forest. He says, you've been, you've been sending him messages. You've been ch- you, you know, yipping a little bit about how the U.S. is like. <laughs> What's it, what would you say to a young Charlie Davy is if he was a dual national playing for England and the U.S. could pick. No, I, I could choose Gambia or yeah, okay. Ireland. Gambia, okay, so. Gambia or U.S. What would you say if you were homies with a young Charlie Davies? What is it that you do to get these players to choose America? Also, thank you for doing this. Yeah, so I just tell them uh, from my experience, you know, from my own experience, I tell them like, you look, listen, um, you could be a young player, slightly older player, but like if. Um, the U.S., something that the U.S. does is give you opportunities. So that's something that I definitely know that happens. You know, we get a lot of opportunities here. Um, the squad gets rotated quite a bit here. And, like, I just feel like you're going to get opportunities, whether you're a young player or slightly older player, it doesn't matter. And um, also the the culture and the faith that the coach puts on you when he calls you up is really, is really high. You know, to, he doesn't just call you and, like, to just, to just come and train or whatever, like, once, once the coaches call you here, I feel, I feel like they really have a um, sense of belief in you that other places might not have for you, you know. Um, and I've witnessed that now over the past years. I've had so much faith in me from when I was like 17. So um, that, I tell them from my experience. And then, you know, they, they, see, they see the pathway that I've gone through. And it's not a lie, is it? So that's, that's it. That's all I do. I just tell them from my experience what I've experienced. And um, they try to have faith in me. Eunice. I'm committed. You convinced me. <laughs> there you go. I pledge allegiance to, to the flag. He's good at this. Um, I'm curious for you as as a midfielder. We've seen you kind of all over the place. You've been a winger at Valencia, yeah. moved back into central position, more of a, a an eight. People asking mm-hmm. you to attack more. Tyler Adams is out. You play more of a dis- defensive role, and you absolutely kill it. You boss it. So where are you? Where do you feel positionally? You're, you're set to continue to develop at. Where, do you want to be more defensive? Do you want to be a, an eight? Um, it, it seems like Greg wants to be a little bit more flexible with the way that he uses you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I've, uh, I've played both like as a six and as an eight uh, with the national team and also like outside. Uh, but I feel like me personally, I need to develop in all these areas. Um, I'm not... I'm not like great at any of them. Like I can, I can do the job, but I feel like I can be much better in both of them. 
And I've, so, um, yeah, me personally, I feel more comfortable being at eight. So I can be a player that both comes deep and goes high. So both of those things, you know, being an eight, I feel like you get to be a six and a 10 at the same time. So that's that's the area that I'm trying to develop at. Eunice, man, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. Friend of the show, now it's, it's the second time that you're on. First in Vegas, yeah. <laughs> now here. Not only that, he joins a show, they win Nations League, right? and he gets the move to Milan. So there we come go. on, let's go, keep it coming. Keep keep coming. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Next time on a, on a Footy Kid Friday here on Morning Footy, we gotta come with our AC Milan Eunice Musa kits, man. Yes. Yeah, double XL, send them out, send them out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, thank you for, very much. We're so happy to see you thrive. That smile, man, that Eunice Musa smile, it's got to be trademarked. So congratulations on, on everything you're doing, and good luck tomorrow. Thank you. I appreciate it. There you go. Eunice Musa here on Morning Footy. More Morning Footy to come right after the break. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 